happy January 10th. And what that means is happy birthday to me. Now, if you've been hanging around on this uh, podcast for any real length of time, you probably remember that last year on this date, I launched into 90 podcast episodes in 90 days. It was absolutely a labor of love. And no, I am not announcing that I'm doing that again. But what I am announcing is what you can expect to hear on this show moving forward. We will still absolutely be bringing on guests. We will be talking about business. We will be talking about health with a strong focus in how this reflects in your confidence in your life in in really all areas. Now, the biggest change though, is that I reached out to my husband. (laughs) Yes, I had to text him. (laughs) That is how we communicate some of the biggest stuff. And I was like, hey, babe, do you think you could commit to one episode a month on the show and have it all focused around marriage? And he gave the big green check sign. Yes, love that idea. So we sat and mapped out what that would look like to have at least 12 episodes of this show, Tina Talks show, focused around that topic. And why are we so passionate about doing that? It's because we are in the midst of launching a brand new offering under a totally different umbrella uh, for married couples. And we can't wait to share that with you in more detail as it progresses. Now, we're going to switch gears and jump into the episode for today with my guest, Mick White. Well, hello, hello, everybody. I am thrilled to be bringing you this guest on the show today. It has been a long time coming, something that I've, someone that I've wanted on the show for a long time. And, and believe it or not, we've actually got on Zoom in the past, talked for way over the amount of time that we had to record the podcast and realized we don't even have time to hit play now. And so this is probably something we could do on a weekly basis and still not run out of things to, to discuss. So I'm not going to promise a short podcast today um, just because we have we have a lot of things, a lot of ground that we can cover. And uh, I'm just excited. I'm super excited. So Mick White, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm glad we, we also finally hit record uh, today because so many of the things that are off you know, off the record. Uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, that was so good. Like say it in that exact way again, you know, uh, but this is so good. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. I think every time that we talk going forward, we should just hit record. And <laughs> there's probably, there's probably four or five podcasts that could be taken out of the conversation. Yep. But I think oftentimes like when you connect with somebody in a way that's so real and authentic, where you're just like, I know where you're at. I know your story. And when the values align, there's just a lot there that um, podcasts could organically come out of just conversation because you're like, that's exactly what I was talking about, Tina. Like you get it or, yeah. or you just said something like, hold on, I need to write that down because that's brilliant or I love what you're doing. And so oftentimes I think with, with some people, every conversation could be a podcast because you're just like, that was I need to replay everything you just said. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I I totally agree. And I think back from our very first time meeting and, and for those people that have listened, listened to the show for a long time, or even were part of my world back in, in, in my tenacious days and podcasts then, 
Uh, Mick has been a part of blog posts and podcasts, and uh, I've talked about him from the stage many times. And so you may know the reference, wear the pink dress. And so I just have to share a little snippet of this story. Um, this is back in, you know, really active Twitter days for me. Back in the day, I had an online course called Fall in Love with Twitter. And a lot of people found me because of that, which is, is kind of hilarious to me now. Uh, uh, I was at an event uh, that I walked into and realized there was 300 guys there all in suits and I walked in in a pink dress. And so I tweeted that, used the hashtag and Mick came up to me. Actually, Mick texted, you know, um, sent me a, 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 a message back and it was like, there's more than, you know, four women here. And, and, and it was just super funny, like how it all went down. So I was like 300 guys, you know, four women, I might be in the wrong place. And I was wearing a pink dress and I actually, funny enough, I feel like this happens to me all the time. I was like wearing the same thing in my profile pictures I was wearing that day, <laughs> but it's just so mean. I totally do that. I have like five favorite things that I wear. Anyways, uh, from that moment, we have, I mean, well over 10 years ago, we have been able to keep this connection going from crying in coffee shops to, you know, doing business together and just connecting on I feel a deep level from like literally the minute, minute we met. And I love that about our, you know, friendship relationship that we've had that. And we've been able to see each other through some like pretty like crazy stuff. When I think right, about right. how we both have gone through in the last 10 years. So I love that you say that there are some relationships, some people, when you, when you connect that you can hit record and it, and it can be a podcast and it doesn't have to be like two huge famous people doing all this crazy stuff. It's like literally just like us sharing our minds, our brains and being completely transparent. And, and I think that's really what we both have brought to the table every single time we've connected. So I yeah, I, there's, there's with that deep friendship doesn't necessarily mean you see the person all the time. Oh, so true. Like, I, I bet in the last five years, we've talked maybe five times, maybe once a year, you know, if, if that, like, yeah. all I know is that when there are conversations, they're real and they're authentic, but it came, as, as you point out, like, from the first interaction, like, I tweeted back at you, and then I walked up to you after the event yeah. with my phone, and I'm like, this is me or this is you. And, like, yeah. <laughs> and we, we laugh. But then after that, like being able to just show up and say, like, this is who I am. And either you're going to love Tina the way Tina is or you're not. Mm -hmm. You're going to love Mick for who he is or you're not. And there's enough people out there. I'm One of my goals in life is not to see how many friends I can have. Mm. That I think so often we're in a people pleasing. I want everybody to like me. Like I'm not out there like purposely like trying not to have friends. <laughs> right. But more important is like I want to be real and authentic to myself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means saying no to other people. And that's hard. But we go back to like, even though we may not see each other all the time, like that's not the measure of friendship to me as much as when you talk are the conversations worth recording where you're like that was amazing and we should do that more often 
now let's go back to our own lives, doing our own good. And I'll see you in two years. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe or, or four, like whatever. Yep. Yep. I love that. Well, so all of the things that have happened in our world, I would, I feel like one of the coolest things for us to discuss here is when I met you, you were Mr. Suit and Tie. And, you know, right now, for those of you listening to podcasts, I know you can't, you can't see Mick, but he's wearing a hoodie. This is Be Ultimate on right, it, right. Uh, which is such a cool part of the story. And, and hopefully we can get there and share that too. Um, but things have changed, right? I also, similarly, I'm not wearing a pink dress. I'm wearing a pink sweatshirt uh, and my workout clothes. And I'm in my home office. Like our worlds have shifted a lot. And I know that you came to a bit of a crossroads in your business world. And I think that is really worth talking about. And, and, and the reason why um, you always have great, awesome things to, to say. I think though our audience, there is some shame in, a, in shifting. And I want to encourage people if you're in a spot, right? That you're like, this is not serving me anymore. This is not what I'm supposed to do. Even though this is how everyone views me, that we can make changes. People make changes. And so that is that I would love to just kind of hand the mic over to you and, and you share yeah. a bit on that. Crossroads. There's so much there. Like, I think we, we forget that there's seasons in life, yeah. right? Like, life has seasons you know that we have fall summer spring winter like we can acknowledge that exists for life but not necessarily for people and to say just because I've been doing this the last 10 years or the last 30 years the last 50 years doesn't mean I have to do that for the next 50 years Mm -hmm. and so I also know when values are clear decisions are easy Mm -hmm. like if I have a really good framework of who I am it's easier to make those decisions to make that change. And so for me, I was supposed to be a high school history teacher, if you can imagine that. Um, and I, and I, both, both my sisters teach elementary school. I'm so glad they do. They're great at it. I would have not done well in a school system um, looking back. But uh, so then not going into education, I went into my, my parents' uh, insurance and financial advisory office right out of college and I was 21 and I was there for 10 years moved to Minnesota uh, 16 years ago this past weekend actually and so I was very much three-piece suit you know pocket square French cuffs you know uh, uh, all of it uh, cufflinks like looking like you know I was like living the dream kind of like look how great my life is and there's nothing wrong with that There's nothing wrong with looking sharp and dressing like that. But one of the major crossroads for me was I was going through a lot in my life. My mom had died and uh, very suddenly at age 58, um, I can, uh, my marriage was in shambles. And one of the pivotal moments was I got this tattoo. It was my first tattoo. And like I was 30, probably 40 years old. I got my first tattoo. And I never knew like what I would have on my body for the rest of my life. Like I always were like, you get a tattoo, it's fairly permanent. Like the ink doesn't come out that easily. (laughs) And so I got a tattoo and the mentor of mine that I had at the time said to me, he's like, I'm going to talk to you as maybe your, your dad would. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to go well. (laughs) Whatever he's about to say, this is not going to go well. And he said, uh, that 
your clients and your prospects, if you post that on social media, they're going to see it. And I'm like, I know. He's like, well, don't do it. And I knew at that time I had the wrong mentor. And I also knew at that time I really wasn't stepping into who I wanted to be. And so I posted the photo. It was a congruent, of all things, it was a congruent symbol, like kind of nerdy. If you remember high school geometry, congruent symbol is like this statement of agreement. And I always visioned it as where uh, two things agree. So I want my life in business or my life and everything else. I want it to agree with each other. I want it to all flow in the same direction. A lot of people talk about work-life balance. I'm like, no. I want it to agree. Mm. I want work and life to agree. And so I got this congruent symbol on my forearm. And I'm like, of all things, people should like this because what it represents. Right. And so at that point on, it was, it was about the time I was getting ready in my mind with this 100-year manifesto you know, concept. And I'm just like, I'm in the wrong spot. And so that was six, seven years ago. And it just every step along the way just was a further affirmation of I'm just trying to become the person that I was created to be. And it takes me to, like I said, my marriage was, you know, in really bad shape. I had a 10 month old and I was in that three piece suit at the time. And I'm in counseling for the first day of my life. And uh, my counselor, we can call him Bill because that was his name. <laughs> so uh, he, he says to me, I like my, my, my wife, you know, was on the other side of the world. Like things were really, really bad. And he said, like, what's your goal in all of this? And I'm like, I got the dumbest counselor in the world. Like, I want my wife to come home. Mm-hmm. And Bill was just like, that can't be your goal. And I'm thinking, I do have the dumbest counselor in the world. They want... I got the dumbest counselor. What am I doing here? And I'm like, no, no, like, it's my goal. It's specific. It's measurable. And like, I, I walk him through like a smart goal. And he's like, you don't have any control over that. And then mm-hmm. I just remember saying like, well, write that in the corner of your yellow pad and tell me what my goal is. And cause I don't know. Yeah. And at that point it was, he said, what if your goal became to be the man and the father and the husband that God created you to be mm-hmm. like, well, that's, maybe I didn't have the dumbest counselor in the world. Maybe I had the best counselor in the world. And it just shifted my mindset of like, I'm just trying to become the person that I was created to be. And for me, it shows up in every day taking steps towards that. Steps for me, not steps that other people would necessarily take, but steps that I'm supposed to take. One of the best things that happened to me Uh, professionally was um, I hired a business coach and he was terrible. And the first day we did the assessment and then like the next 10 weeks, he taught me industry best practices. And I'm thinking like, I don't want industry best practices. Mm -hmm. I don't, I want Mick White best practices. Mm -hmm. Like what works really well for me and part of that, what works really well for me right now is wearing hoodies that say be ultimate. Yeah. Because sometimes wearing that hoodie and being this person, I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm. 
I have my son a majority of the time. Sometimes just showing up is your best. Mm-hmm. And if you're not okay with that, that's not my problem. Like that's, that's somebody else's issue. This is who I want to be. And so oftentimes um, I think we get into this mindset of like, I'm not supposed to do business this way, or I'm not supposed to be this. And I know it's a lot of stuff, but I, I think about why a lot of people struggle in life in being living a fulfilled and happy life is that from an early age, we ask kids, who do you want to be when you grow up? And we ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. Fireman, astronaut, doctor, president, like whatever, teacher, whatever those things are. And even if you achieve that, you are the professional athlete and all of it. At some point, that's it. Mm-hmm. And even when you're like, I'm married and two kids and we got a dog and we have a house and we do, we check all the boxes, there's still this unfulfillment that maybe people, you can't even share with your spouse because you're like, hey, everything's great, but I'm not, I'm just not feeling it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Try saying that and, there, and the other person not, not feeling offended by it. Right. But we don't, we don't ask kids when they're seven. Like, who do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. Like my son cried when South Korea lost in the World Cup. His mom's Korean. He's proud that she's Korean. And he's super like has this big heart. He's always talking about what we can do for the cardboard sign people. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like all these, he's selling these, you know, be ultimate stickers and T-shirts and different things so that he can give money to save panda bears and polar bears, all these things. And and I think I just want him to be who he's supposed to be. If that means he he drives a garbage truck, man, that looks cool too. Like there's a lot of days that I'm like, man, that looks like a fun job. (laughs) Like it's not about what he does as much as who he becomes. And that's really what I, as I'm framing up fatherhood in my life, like I want him to show up that he's a great global citizen that cares about his neighbor, who cries when, you know, his team loses, who's just like loves people. So anyway, I show up in hoodies today rather than three piece suits. I have a handful of tattoos and it just seems to be a lot easier to be the best version of myself than to be a second rate version of everybody else. Mm-hmm. I will never be as good of you, as you are being you. Mm-hmm. Shocking, right? Pop, Popeye said, Popeye said like, I am what I, I am, who I am. And that's all that I am. I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't have a clever title he wasn't this navigator of the high seas he's like I'm a sailor man I'm Popeye I am who I am yeah you right. know that that really it brings me back to 
you know, when Preston and I, my husband and I were in a really, really tough spot and I need to like have, I don't know, I need to have a better name for that time. You know, we say struggle or whatever, whatever it was. Um, heavy. What? It was heavy, right? Yeah, it was super heavy, heavy, super, super heavy time. And I remember that he felt a lot of pressure that I wanted him to be in someone that he wasn't. And so I had this like kind of laundry list of, you know, I want you to be this and this and this and this. And he, he sat me down and I just remember it so vividly that he said, if I am these things, then I won't be these things. And I was like, okay, that it seems so obvious. Like, like, it's like, duh, right. If, if I shift here, this goes, if I shift here, that goes right. And Again, it's obvious, but it was such a light bulb moment for me that I was like, oh, wow, I'm asking him to be someone that he is literally not, and that will sacrifice who he actually is. Yeah, yeah. And we do that everywhere, right? We do it in friendships. We want people to be a different way. We We do it in our marriages. We do it in business relationships. We do that instead of just be like, okay, let's just sit back and be like, okay, who is this person? And, and how do I get to best show up in their life based on who they are, not changing them. Right. right? And, and who, yeah. And, and that has been such a huge shift for me. And I would say as corny as it may sound, one of my favorite things is understanding people with their strengths finder, their, their Enneagram, even though I don't love all the roots of that, but I love, I love knowing it because it's like, Oh, well, that's you. Like that's, that's exactly who you are and who God made you to be. And are there flaws for sure? Right? Like no one on this earth right now walking is perfect. And, and there's, there's no plans of us, you know, being (laughs) here that way. And so I love that. I I don't know. I just love that realization in, in loving people for exactly who they are and not wanting to like focus on making sure they shift or change. Yeah, so we're driving home the other day from school, and McAllister, who's seven, um, uh, I asked him, like, what, what do you want to do tonight? He's like, I don't know. What do you want to do tonight? And I'm working with him to be able to state what he wants. Yeah. Like, don't, you know, say, hey, you know, I'm thirsty. Like, don't state, I would like something to drink. <laughs> like yeah. be specific and so he's like I don't know what do you want to do and I'm and so I'm like you know it's important that you state what you want and then he's like he then goes into this message around like if I only do what other people want me to do I will never become my true person and he goes and starts talking about this and I'm just like I pull over to the side of the road because I didn't want to forget what he called it like true person I'm like that is brilliant. Where did you hear that? I'm hoping like he overheard one of my conversations with one of my <laughs> clients or like he can point it back to me. Like the hero in me is like, I want him to say like, I, I learned it from you, dad. And he's like, I don't know. I just kind of came up with it on my own. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, of course you did. Yep. Yeah, right. Like, of course you just came up with this true person concept. But <laughs> I, I remember like, as I was going through a lot of, you know, I think in those in that heaviness of life, in the, 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 in the adversity, like adversity doesn't build character as much as adversity reveals character. And oftentimes it reveals character to ourselves. And I was going through all this stuff 
And I remember one of my uh, best friends, she leads this big global organization. We're on the phone and she's like, Mick, what are you doing? Like my wife was on the other side of the world. Like I'm like, I'm in counseling. My life's a mess. And how I'm showing up every day. A lot of people were questioning why I was doing what I was doing. And so here's one of my best friends. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, do you not know who I am? I'm like, of course I'm going to do this because that's what I said I was going to do. And that was maybe another one of those pivotal moments where I'm like, I have a really clear idea of who I am. Now, maybe I've never put it down on right in writing. I've never like really sketched it out, but it was clear to me that in the for better and for worse of wedding vows, I was living the for worse part. Mm. And how I showed up at that point was really who I was deep down. Like in those toughest, worst moments of life, who are you then? That's probably who you are all the time. It's just easier to be a better person when life isn't throwing some storms and heaviness at you. So it was really at that time, probably a, uh, a week after that, that I just sketched out this really rough version of my 100-year manifesto. Like I didn't really know what I was doing. And I'm not a graphic designer. It's not really, I, I'm more of like write things on paper, draw a couple of arrows and give it to somebody who's more creative. Yep. And I just like remember writing down, you know, what's my mission? What are the words that I live by? What are my core values? What are causes I'm passionate about? What are my life goals? And what are my guiding principles? And I just wrote down those six things. I wrote my name at the top and I wrote 100 Year Manifesto because somewhere between a daily planner, a daily planner just doesn't seem long enough. And eternity seems like a long time. <laughs> it, it, it does. Um, I'm like a hundred years seems like that's big enough and far enough down the road that it makes life bigger than ourselves. Mm. And if I have that framework of, I want to make decisions based on what's really important a hundred years from now, maybe I'm not going to go pick that fight with my kid yeah. or my spouse, or maybe I'm going to go shovel my neighbor's snow just because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I want to help out or I want to do that right thing. So framing up my life with this idea of what's really important a hundred years from now, what's it mean to get my life right has changed how I show up, why I'm in sweatshirts. Like I, I can still wear a three piece suit, but on a day-to-day basis, like I'm not. And I bring my son to a lot of meetings. And a lot of times people are like, I, they'll say a couple different things. They'll say like, one, I wish I could bring my kid with me. Mm. I'm like, well, just for the record, anytime we're meeting, your kid, your mom, your sister, your neighbor, they can always come to our meetings. Like, I don't like bring, bring everybody. But the other one is like, they'll say, you make, you're such a great dad. And I'm like, I appreciate that. Also appreciate there are millions of women doing what I'm doing every day, being the primary caretaker, getting them school, doing all of this. And I'm like, and this space didn't take very long to get ready today. (laughs) So let's be clear that I appreciate you saying I'm a great dad, but women are doing so much more 
than I can ever do. And I think if you're not okay with me bringing my son to a meeting or him popping in the background of a Zoom or us taking a break, like I had a, a, a client you know, call, I'm like, hold on just a second. My son has a question. I need to take care of this. Like, if you're not okay with that, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe we're just not the right fit. There's other people who aren't okay with it too. Go hang out with them. You guys can be not okay with it together. Yeah. I want to find people like Tina. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, me too. Hold on. I got three kids who are <laughs> back here. You know, they're they're tying my shoes together right now while I'm on this podcast trying to keep it together. Right. But and I mean so- upstairs and they're not asking him. And you're like, dude, guys, <laughs> right. what is going on? He's upstairs just working out. Like, yeah, like just just like, do you not see this going on? Yep. But, but I think so often, like, how much easier and better life becomes when I just keep stepping into who I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Either you're going to be okay with that or you're not, but I need to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't magically all of a sudden overnight be like, okay, I say a lot, like, I'm better today than I was yesterday not as good as I'm going to be tomorrow. (laughs) Like, I don't have to figure it all out today. I don't have to be perfect today. Like, I have a lot of issues that I'm still working on too. A lot. Uh, (laughs) But I'm going to show up. I'm going to give myself some grace and some permission to say I'm doing the best I can. I'm comparing myself against my best self, trying to be the father, the ex-husband, the man that I was created to be. Like, that's what I have control over. That's what I focus on. And if other people aren't okay with my 100-year manifesto or my kid in the background, I don't have any control over that. Like, I just want to be me. And life gets a whole lot better when you're just trying to be the person you want to be, as McAllister calls it, your true person, yeah. not the person your parents want you to be or your spouse wants you to be or the church or anybody else. Like, this is who I know I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this brings up so many different stories I've had throughout business, you know, the acceptance of me for me, for sure. Uh, one of the stories is so similar to like bringing your kid to a meeting. I, I showed up at a, a, an event where I was speaking and uh, the, the woman wanted, instead of my bio to introduce me, wanted just three things about me. So she's asking me, you know, at a, like a side table, like, Hey, tell me three things about yourself. And I started with, you know, I'm a mom of three and she goes, Oh, just hold, hold, hold on that. She was, this room doesn't care about that. And in that moment, I was like in so much shock. But I actually said, well, then I must be in the wrong room. Right, and right. I, that's I, I, one of those moments that I actually said what I was thinking, you know, and I do that a lot. But like yeah, I, right. I later think, man, I should have said that to her. And she looked there kind of stunned and I knew she was a mom. And I, I hope that, you know, her story is that she realized she was probably also in the, the wrong room because my, the most important things in my life are, you know, my faith, which oftentimes I'm told I'm not, I'm not supposed to talk about that. Right. Well, my marriage, God forbid, I share that it's, you know, going well or not going well, either way, you know, somewhere I'm doing something wrong. And then my kids. And so if those three things don't have a place, then 
I'm in the wrong place. And I, I realized that, you know, almost immediately. And I made a big shift right then and there of where I was speaking, you know, who was in the room. And now that was just one woman's thing. I don't, I don't know that that was actually a reality that everyone in that room didn't care about that. It's not like she took a poll, <laughs> but you know, I understood like, Hey, I want people to, to see all the pieces of me. And I started to share things differently on my, you know, on my blog at the time, on my podcast. And I wove in more than I didn't. And right about that same time, I actually wrote about my faith. Someone called me to the carpet on a blog that I had written uh, about how I, it was more like, I, I believe the pod, the blog was something about you got this. And she's like, well, actually you don't, you need God. And I was like, oh gosh, like, yeah, you are 1000% right on that. Like I'm going to respond in my blog next week. And I'm going to say I was wrong. And I did make I've never gotten more responses in my inbox. I was like, what is that? Like I, you know, I automated right. the send, right? And so I woke up the next morning. And I'm like, my inbox was like, I, I thought I got <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> right. like, you don't want something to go viral, right? Right, right. And it just, it it shifted that, that validation, I guess. And so that, oh yeah, no, you don't got this. God's got this. You've got this with him. Like, let's share on that. And people were so happy that, I stepped into that transparency. I didn't even realize that that would be, you know, spark such a chord. But even to like kind of circle this all the way back to the beginning, our friendship is 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 strong like you said whether we talk every year or not even and it's because of transparency. You feel connected with people so much more when there is a transparent piece uh, a part of the conversation, right? Yeah, I, you know, and I think I say that I I post about it on LinkedIn. Today, I posted on LinkedIn about five years ago, my car getting repossessed. Like, and it's one thing to be able to post about it, but when I speak about it in front of a group, they don't know what they're getting in for. Like, <laughs> at least on LinkedIn, like, if you know me, you're like, oh, this is mixed, just gonna say this. But anytime I get up on stage, I'm thinking like, they've had all of these speakers and all this conversation that's just like, go fight team like great you can do it and then i'm gonna show up and be like so my mom died and that sucked and i'm divorced and i've been through some heavy stuff so hey you <laughs> like how are you guys doing but like they cry i cry it's a lot but i don't think people frequently are ready for that mm -hmm. but no, no, i should say they they are ready for it they just don't know it yeah they want somebody to show up and to be like i'm in the pink dress <laughs> got three kids two of them are here one of them's being great the other one might throw like a pie <laughs> at me today for whatever reason and i'm doing the best i can Anybody else feel me on this? And everybody in that room would be like, yes. thanks for sharing that because I thought I was the only one. Mm -hmm. And I think the more, like, I don't want to go around and tell everybody like, hey, so how are you doing? Well, not very good. My car got repossessed today. And the, the, the guy is just like, all oh. right, that, that will be $4 for your coffee, sir. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you gotta, there's gotta be a place for it. Like I'm not looking, I'm not looking for like a pity party, but I want to be real of like, how are you doing today, Tina? I'm like, man, 
I'm doing all right. All right. You'll get through it. Let's go on. And so I think there's, there's a lot of, yeah, share three things about yourself. You're like, so much of the business and hustle culture is like, I want to 10x my business. I want to do all these things. I'm like, that's great. Good for you. I believe that there's a lot of focus around business because you can measure it. And I think it's a very American thing of, you know, what are your KPIs and your quarterlies and, you know, month over month and your revenue growth and all these, like, what are all my numbers? And I can measure it and it feels really good. Mm. And what I can't measure is how good of a spouse I'm being. Mm. And one, I don't even ask because I don't want to know the answer. <laughs> right. Two, there's not like this little rubric that's like, okay, you're a seven and a half, Nick. If you would have brought flowers last week, you'd be a 7.6. You know, like it's not quite that easy. And there's there's nothing that says like, how are you being as a parent? Like, so we measure and we focus on what we can measure rather than this, this hundred year manifesto concept of like, who am I trying to be? And that's what I want to focus on. The metrics are just the metrics. Whether you make $5 or $10 today, not really in a hundred years from now, hmm. nobody's going to talk about it. Yep. But I can tell you about my grand- grandparents and who they were. Hmm. I can tell you, you know, the lives that they had. I don't know anything about their financial situation. Right. And I think so often we, in a, in a culture that's, you know, selfie and Instagram and all the TikTok, like oh, enough about you. Let's talk more about me kind of stuff of like, at the end of the day, how many people can we even say we're alive a hundred years ago? There's 8 billion people in the world. And not to say like our lives don't matter, but let's keep things in perspective of what really matters in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that to me is around this hundred year manifesto of like, what's it mean to get life right? How do I frame that up on one page? And then how do I live it? Like, that's it. That's all I want. Whether I have $1 million or $10 million or a hundred million dollars, I like to think that I am the same person, regardless if I have my car being repossessed or if I have more money than anybody else in the world. Like who I am deep inside. I hope none of that ever changes. Mm -hmm. I don't want my car repossessed ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Once was, once was plenty. (laughs) But if I did, I hope that I'm able to handle it the way I did last time. Yeah. And so to me, that's, you know, when, when we talk about, you know, parenting or showing up with your kids or in a hoodie or whatever that is. Like, now I don't know that there's any secret sauce as much as what makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. And what makes make sense for me might not make sense for you. And I'm okay with that. And you should be okay with it too. Like, you see all these life hacks and growth hacks and all these things. Like, maybe, but if I do everything that everybody else says I'm supposed to do, Maybe I'm not really being me in the first place. Yeah, gosh, wow, that is 
so accurate, right? Like, and, and I think it, it's easy to go down that path. Like I've got to learn one more thing or do one more thing before, you know, I've got it right. Or I've got, you know, check the boxes or whatever that may be. Uh, you know, I've shared on the podcast and I shared with you, Mick, that, you know, Preston and I are in the, you know, kind of first stages of, of putting out um, a new brand that we're putting together on, on marriage. And we have had to check in with each other on a regular basis to say, is this like, is this what we want to teach? Is this what we want to be doing? Is this what we want to be sharing? And I feel like even just re-listening to what we just talked about and applying it straight to that, you know, in, in, will this matter? Does this matter? What we're teaching? Is this going to actually carry on the legacy, you know, that we believe like God you know, kind of implanted, you know, the plan that he had for your life. Like that is so important. And I think, you know, on the topic of, you know, your mission right now in this world on this hundred year manifesto, I absolutely, I love it. I think it is so neat, so cool. And so that is really what your now business is all, you know, is, is, is based on, right. Is you're working with people on this and you're speaking from stages on this specific topic and then guiding them through it, right? Yeah, and it's just, to me, like, what's it mean to you to get life right? Mm. It's not me telling you what that answer is. Yeah. Because what it means for me and what it means for you is is different. Mm-hmm. And how to get life right and then how to live that with, with intention and being very deliberate about it. Because I think even as you, you talk with your, this, this next venture and marriage, you know, like this idea around it, like sometimes we, we think about, here's all the other people we can help and marriages and couples and this hundred years from now, the lives that hopefully will be different because of us. But then I also think in knowing you well enough of the life we live is the lesson we teach. And more so than anybody else, your three daughters, what you're teaching them, you have three daughters, is that right? Two and a middle boy. Two two and a boy, two and a boy. Your three kids, they're going to see what it's like to have a dad who shows up, who is transparent about his life, the good and the bad. They're going to see a strong mom who is tenacious and who does things and is bold and wears a pink dress and this is who she is and shows up and the lessons that you're teaching them by how you live is far greater than anything you'll ever say but they'll see mom and dad are doing this Mm. and they're helping out others like pretty soon they will be talking about their true person right or or what they want out of a, a future spouse or what parents and and marriage looks like to them you're like where did you pick that up and they're like well made it up myself mom but but so often we, we you know sometimes we, we make it more complicated like if, if nothing else mm-hmm. your three kids will see that yep and if you get it right for those three kids and for you and preston man, everything else you do is just going to be of course it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like writing the, um, 
you know, dedication of a book to a, a one specific person or, or even the advice that's given that when you're writing something that you're writing to an audience of one. Right. And, you know, I think about that as you were saying that too, it's like, oh yeah, definitely. Like this, my, my hope is that this is applied to my own children's lives. Right. And that it continues that legacy. And if it helps other people's kids' lives, right. amazing. Right. Oh, of course it will. Yeah. But I'm really like, going to focus here. I think oftentimes, like, as, as I'm, you know, sharing with people and, you know, our conversations, I'm like, you know, who should really do this? Like any, any advice that I give, I'm like, man, I should do this too. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like, it just gets better. And then probably my former, like, teacher in me, like, when you teach it, you just get better at it. Mm-hmm. And you really dig into why are we this way? Or people will say, like, here's what we do in our marriage. You're like, oh, that's good. <laughs> like, as of right now, that's what we're doing, too. Yeah. Like, kind of stuff. But um, I think it's just as you step into more and more, regardless of your age, like I, I share, like, I don't know, all of a sudden I woke up and I'm 47. Mm-hmm. Like it, and at times I'm like. I didn't die in my first 47 years, but chances are I will in my next 47. And as someone who has had anxiety since as long as I can remember, I just never had a name for it. um, I feel a lot of pressure on myself that, you know, Mick, what have you done? You're 47. Like, show me what you've built, all these things. And it's easy to look around at friends and, you know, comparing against others. And that comparison is that thief of joy versus, you know what? I'm 47. I'm thankful to be here. I know these next 10 years, these next one year, whatever I have left is going to be pretty great. But all I have control over, maybe to, to tie it all in, is that first day of counseling of what I have control over is how I show up. Mm. Being the man and the father and the husband that I was created to be, like that's all I'm trying to be in life. Mm. And everything else, if I focus on that, everything else takes care of itself. Because we, we never complain about gravity. Right. Like, but yet some days we'll be like, oh, it's raining out today. I'm like, it's, it's raining. You have zero control over the rain. Like, you don't want rain? Move to Arizona. <laughs> you don't like the cold and you're going to complain about it all winter. Yeah. You live in Minnesota. Like, it's going to be cold. Like, buckle up. Yeah. But there's all these things that we don't have control over. And we're like, of course, you don't have control over gravity. We also don't have control over really even our kids. Hmm. Maybe we have some influence, mm-hmm. but at some point, at some point, we no longer have, we can't pick them up and be like, it's time to go to bed and like wrap them and throw them in the bed and lock the door. Like, we don't have control over other people, other things, the weather. We just have control over, for me, my 100-year manifesto of, like, my mission, the words I live by, my core values, the causes I'm passionate about, my life goals, and my guiding principles.
principles. Like, I just want to dive into those. And as long as I'm doing that, I don't need any metrics in my life. I don't need to be like, well, I'm 47 and what do I have to show for it? Mm -hmm. You know, or I'm doing great because I'm 47 and looked at what I have to show for it. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want or need that validation as much as I'm living the life that I was called to live. I'm not called to be Mother Teresa. I'm also not called to be Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos or the president of the United States. Thank goodness. That's not, that's not who or what I want either. I just want to show up and be myself to have friends and conversations with people like you that maybe we don't talk all the time, but when we do, I'm like, man, I'd give you two hugs today if I could. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're always like somewhere between once a year, one, one talking once a day is probably a little bit too much. And <laughs> once, once every five years is probably not enough. Somewhere between there is enough. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like I'm thankful that there's people like you out there doing the work and the good that you're doing and stepping into your own mission and ministry in life yeah like this is could you do a lot of other things sure yeah i want to do what i'm supposed to do and that might be scary yeah it should be scary yeah i think so i think it being a little scary is not a bad thing and also the idea of what are people going to think and usually i'm i don't think that like i don't care what other people think but also i'm human right so yeah, thank you for those words. Now, Mick, how can people get connected with you? Like, where's your where's your hangouts on? You know how you know if they wanted to work with you, like, what does that look like? The, the I'm, I, I'm primarily on LinkedIn. There's not many Mick Whites out there. Um, you can always go to the website. We're in the middle of a, a refresh. Um, you can create your own hundred year manifesto. Uh, there's a link on the website. You can go to and you can frame it up. Um, there's going to be some additional work for individuals out there, work one-on-one speaking workshops, but, um, or you can always reach out at team at 100 year manifesto.com, 100 year manifesto.com, or just Google Mick White. There's another guy out there. He's a singer in a band. That's not me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, 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 I'm the guy. Uh, without any hair, who's probably like always looking out in the distance with some sort of thought. That he's like, <laughs> my son's always like, why are you making that face? Like, this is my thinking face, man. It's just like, I'm, stop talking to me. I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I love it. Well, I'm the only Tina Pettis. And so that's good. I don't have to differentiate with any other Tina Pettises. Uh, no singers. I'm not a singer. Um, but yeah, I love that. Well, awesome. Mick, this has been like really fantastic to chat with you. And I, you know, I know again, if you're listening to the podcast, you don't see this, but I'm, I'm ferociously taking notes. And so I usually start when I share with people in the podcast, like this, this is a note-taking podcast. And this is definitely one of those. You are a a good uh, one liner with things. uh, And I I absolutely love all, all of that you had to share. So thank you so much for hanging out. And for those of you that are listening, you know, check out everything that Mick is, is doing in his world. I absolutely just like love, love, love highlighting other passionate business owners, you know, that are, that are that following their, their path. And 
I would love to always carry on the conversation with you over on Instagram, my favorite place to hang out. So just drop in my DMs. Let me know your thoughts on this specific show. And last but not least, uh, if you are a reviewing type person, I guess, or even if you're not, I would absolutely love for you to go on whatever channel you are listening to this podcast on and leave a review on the show. So until next time, I hope you guys have a fantastic day.